All right. Long and short of the story is that Lita ended up meeting up with Bon John. John Bon Jovi. Bon John Bovi. Bon John Bovi. John Bon Bovine. He's just a cow. It's a cow that shows up. John Bon Bovine. And she was like, what do you want me to do, John? And he's like, Murr. And she's like, oh my God, you're a genius. <laughs> really like to start off this episode mm. a little something special oh a very very special thank you oh to all of our listeners oh yeah for the amazing response that we have had to metal mayhem so far seriously we've had like more interaction <laughs> with people this month than i think we have before at least in a very very long time right and um like the downloads are amazing mm-hmm and we've gotten messages and we've gotten, you know, comments and shit. And the response to our death episode was fantastic and yeah. made me feel really good about myself. I feel really good about myself right now. No, because like <laughs> people, especially when it comes to death, people are like, they hold that shit close to their hearts. Well, he's an OG. He is. So I didn't want to like fuck anything up. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like every time we do an episode the whole time, both of us in our heads like, we're fucking this up and someone's yeah. going to get real mad and it's they're like going to yell at us. Tiny little explosions of anxiety. Like, what if I fuck this up? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? What am I doing? Sometimes you're <laughs> in the middle of explaining something. You're like, did I research this right, though? Yeah. Is this right? Am I going to fuck this person's name up and have like the wrath of the entire metal community? Oh, you better believe ass. you're going to fuck that name up. <laughs> However, I will say, yes, this has only proven that the metal community is a good community. They are very nice. Right? I keep saying this over and over again. They might be some stuck-up nerds about mm. some bands, but they are the nicest people yes. ever. However, I think older metal fans can be a little... A little, like, push up the glasses. Um, Well, actually, uh, they can actually, be a little bit like that. Yeah, but yeah. so far, nobody has been like that. For us. Oh, no. And not I am at all. very thankful for that. I, and I feel very good about this podcast right yeah, now. <laughs> making us feel really good about it. And it makes me want to do even more episodes about more metal bands. So buckle up, kids. You're getting more metal. You're getting more. From Ashley, at least. It's yeah. not that I don't like metal, but I've, I've, I've got some, I got some tomatoes growing in the back I've been waiting to pluck. <laughs> That's my new analogy. Okay. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> We can go with that. <laughs> your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And we have tomatoes. Yeah. I've got a tomato of a tail to tell everyone tonight. A real beefsteak tomato. I was tomato. just going to say a real beefsteak of a tomato. It really <laughs> is. There is so much in this story. I just kind of grabbed Lita Ford because I wanted to do a woman in metal. Mm -hmm. And she is very iconic. I had an inkling that she was a little, um, a little crackers, but um, I don't think she's crackers. I think we'll get into it, but I think she just kind of had to be a bit much in order to make it. Yeah, 
Which I totally understand. Yeah. Trying to make it in the metal world as a woman is nearly impossible. Yeah. So I get that. And I know we always say we're not going to do thematic beers anymore. But then I was like, oh, I've got an idea for a thematic beer. Well, we had a perfect idea. And then the beer store ruined it because they didn't have what you wanted. And this is why we stopped doing thematic beers. And this is why we stopped. (laughs) But I mean, there is a six degrees of beer to be had here. Yes. Uh, So I am drinking from Sloop Brewing. Black Raz, a black sour ale with raspberries, and it's very good. And I it does not taste the way we expected it today. Not at all. To it's taste. very thick, like two C thick. Thick beer. It is. It's not normally. I expect a sour to be very light and crisp. This yeah. is not light and crisp. That doesn't make it bad. It it's is just. It is black after all. It so. is actually black. <laughs> I didn't believe them that the beer itself would be black, but here we are. And I but picked, it's sloop, so sloop is is good shit. Yeah, it is good, and it's always good. And it is funny because it's called Black Raz, and I told you to grab that one because Lita Ford does have an album called Black. Mm-hmm. And, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, uh, I really wanted the Black Widow Spider because she That's has her taken thing. like the Black Widow symbol is her thing because she is a Black Widow who wants to devour all the boys of metal so she can be on top. Yeah. Which I don't blame her after reading this book. <laughs> I'm very interested to hear about it because I do remember um, reading articles, like just news articles, because she released a book. I think the book that you read for this. Mm-hmm. She just released it a few years ago. 2016. And she had made some comments about Tony Iomi that were like scandalous. They are. and uh, um, But I believe her. And all of the articles I read kind of made her seem like she was bonkers and Tony Iommi was like totally not at fault here. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of does sound bonkers, but I think that's just Lita Ford. Yeah, that's just Lita Ford. So like, what the fuck? But I didn't read the the book. So I'm glad you're doing this now so you can uh, confirm or deny. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot in this book. So I read her memoir, uh, Living Like a Runaway, and it's Mm -hmm. really funny. So- Give me a hot second here to discuss my sources before I get into the episode. Okay. It is, it's an interesting book. I don't know if I would recommend it unless you are either A, a big Lita Ford fan, or mm-hmm. B, like you really love reading about hot goss. <laughs> there is hot she goss. She seems like she talks a lot of hot goss. Well, her big thing is she constantly talks about who she's fucking in every chapter it's like so then what? i fucked this guy from this band and this guy like she's fucked everyone apparently that's fine right but and like, i think i have no i don't t- really care exactly <laughs> that was the thing like i felt like she focused more on her trysts with other rock stars than she did about her struggles in the music business and about the like meat and potatoes of this story yeah what, what i wanted out of that was no tell me like your struggles tell me because you she would constantly be like yeah. well because i'm a woman i had trouble and yes like i don't i don't need to be told that of course you had struggles as a woman right. in that industry because but it's, dive deeper into that yeah it was very surface level okay i feel like the memoirs in some aspects were very surface level i really was just craving a deeper story and she was really here to tell you her story about who she was fucking it sounds like. like she doesn't really want to get into her feelings about a whole lot. So Yeah, and for what it's worth, about halfway through the book, it is more personal, mm-hmm. but it, it got more interesting. Okay. 
because I think she did open up a little bit more as she got more recent into her career. Okay. So I I don't like the book because, you know, what I realized <laughs> at the end of the day is I think Lita Ford has a very fascinating story. I hate hearing her talk about it. If somebody else had been writing about it, maybe it would have been a little bit better. Right. I think she just... It felt so surface level. Yeah. It it wasn't, it, well, it the, didn't hit me in a way of like, I'm not really buying it. Cause like you complain about, oh, it's hard for a woman in the industry. And oh, then, you know, I was working on my album, but then I went off and fucked Bon Jovi. And I'm like, well, I, can you tell me about the process of making your album? <laughs> right. Like that is, that's the content that I'm craving here. Cool. You fucked Bon Jovi in Paris. Great. I mean, actually, I don't even think they fucked in Paris. They just hung out. But the point is, I just wanted <laughs> a she... little more. It was a lot of potatoes and not enough meat for but, me. But uh, what I want to know is, did she sample Bon Jovi's <laughs> grandpa's sauce? It's not mine. It's, <laughs> it's my, my grandpa's. <laughs> I mean, but did she get that? Did she get to put that on her meat and potatoes? <laughs> she might have. No, I don't think she did. I don't. I, I no, she did not. Uh, well, she oh, did get Bon Jovi's special sauce. Oh, but she did. Just not. Not his. Not his grandpa. So this yep, analogy nope, is just going, going off the rails. We are walking <laughs> away from this. Uh, and all of that said, I. I don't care at all that she's fucking around. Like, go for you, girl. Get it. Nice work if you no, can get it. Fuck them all. But I also just don't need every single time you fucked the guy from Judas Priest. Oh, I probably don't even know his name. Sorry. I forgot it. Sorry, Glenn, guy from- Glenn Tipton. Oh, okay. I do know that one. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think I even wrote it in here. So there, there, I'm sorry there are some spoilers about who yeah. she's fucking. I don't go into every single affair she had, but some of them actually are kind of important. So I do bring up a But at this point, now I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I did it. Look at me talk and be like, I didn't care about it. This is what I'm focusing on right now. Okay. I'm, I'm taking all those feelings. All of that said, once I started writing her story, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, this is a really fucking interesting story. Yes. So I needed to tell it. So what Wow, she... that sounds fucking egotistical. <laughs> I don't need to tell it. Just someone else needed to tell she it. She should have maybe even had a ghostwriter. Yes. But it was a good book and it's a quick read. So if you're interested at all, pick it up. It's You can get it for cheapy peepy at thriftbooks.com. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me get into uh, the story. Okay. All right, I realize I just griped a bunch about her book, but don't get it twisted. Lita Ford is still a woman to admire because she did it. She fought through the boys club and the bullshit to make it to the top of a selective club of women that are truly respected for their craft. Lita was born with a natural talent for music, mostly with her amazing guitar skills, though her vocals are pretty decent too. Not bad. She's got that grovelly kind of voice. Yeah, she I'm can hit it. those high octaves and then go back to being real low. So she's got a good voice. Mm-hmm. She's got range. She does. She was also born with a penchant for mischief and could party as hard, if not harder, than the bros who would scoff at the sight of her and a guitar. Good for her. Just like her runaway sisters, Lita would not have an easy go of it and be burdened with many challenges along her way. But from the beginning to present day, she never lost faith in herself and always worked her butt off. For what it's worth, the Queen of Metal certainly earned that title. Mm-hmm. Lita Rosanna Ford was born on September 19, 1958, to parents Henry Leonard Ford and Isabella Benvenuto. Yo, is she a Virgo? 
Yeah, she's a cusp. She's a Virgo Libra cusp. Wow. Y'all. Okay. You know what? That just explains it all. <laughs> End of the episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, Lita. Explain it all. It does. Her parents ended up meeting under quite unique circumstances. Henry was a soldier for the British Army during World War II. He was dispatched to fight the Nazis in Italy when he was struck with shrapnel from a grenade. Yikes. While recovering in the hospital, he met Isabella, one of the attending nurses. God, this is such a movie. It is such a movie. <laughs> it wasn't long before the two fell in love, and by January 1945, they married in Trist, Italy. Then they moved to London to start their life together. But it wasn't such a tryst if they got married. Get it? No. Like a tryst? Just a fling? <laughs> oh! Oh my god! <laughs> That's stupid. (laughs) Which makes it worse that I had to explain it. Or better. That's for the listener to decide. That's for the listener to decide. Early on in the marriage, Isabella suffered a miscarriage, and the couple Mm. decided to wait to try again. When she got Perganinan again, she gave birth to a baby boy who would unfortunately pass away from pneumonia after less than a year. Holy shit. Yeah, they are not having good luck conceiving. Wow, where yeah. are they? They're in, in London. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they have good health care. I think it's just, it is still only like the 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. Health care isn't like amaze balls. Right. And, you know. And also at that point in London, I mean, it took London and England in general a very long time to bounce back from World War II. Yeah. So, yeah. Shit was, shit was happening. Shit was happening. So they were just kind of. Trying and see what would stick, basically. <laughs> Kids are like spaghetti. Throw them against the wall. Whichever sticks you keep. Clearly, I'm not a parent. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but then along came Lita, who would not only be their first child to make it, but the only one they would ever have. Oh, wow. For the first four years of her life, they lived in England, but her mother hated the weather, so they decided to move to the U.S., where they spent a couple years jumping around the country, just living with a different aunt here and there, because both of their families had... Family is all over the country already. It's such an interesting reason to leave a country. I don't like the I weather. I hate this weather. Uh, that makes 100% sense. <laughs> London's sad. I guess that's why everyone in New York is fleeing to Florida or California at this point. I guess. But also, income tax is too high. The income tax in London is so high. <laughs> Eventually, they would settle upon Long Beach, California. And it was a lively household. Lita's parents were adventurous and very much into the arts. The house was constantly filled with music, anything from Pavarotti to Dean Martin and beyond. At the age of 10, Isabella bought her daughter her first guitar, a Spanish-style acoustic with nylon strings. Always a Spanish-style acoustic. With nylon strings. Mm, Always. Gentle on them baby fingers. (laughs) Like pretty much every metal musician we've just discussed this far, uh, Lita started off with guitar lessons, but within two weeks, she thought Hated they were it. tedious and <laughs> she wanted to learn like better, far, harder, faster songs. And the instructor's like, no, you gotta learn Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, man. No, Mary had a little lamb for this bitch. Seriously. So she quit to teach herself. <laughs> Mary had a little metal in her and decided to fuck off somewhere else. Mary had a little bitch, man. <laughs> That's what that song is now. And Lita would play along with records for hours, sliding the needle back on the turntable if she made a mistake, until she had it down perfect. 
she would stick to the heavier stuff that she was discovering at the time, like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple. Mm -hmm. At age 13, her mind would truly be blown by her first concert experience when her older cousin brought her to see Black Sabbath. Ooh, wow. That's a pretty damn good first concert experience. I know. You ever like where we sit down and have our first concert talks, you don't have it with Lita Ford because she's like, Black Sabbath. And you're like, well, you win. I'm like, clearly. I'm like, I saw Bush at SPAC <laughs> in upstate New York. Sit down, little girl. Well, sit <laughs> your fanny down. She was mesmerized by the playing of guitarist Tony Iommi. And after that night, she became determined to become a rock star, to play shows that made others feel the way she did that night. In order to be able to shred like Sabbath, though, she was going to need an electric guitar. In order to get that electric guitar, she's going to need a job. Problem was, she's only 14 at this point and not old enough to work. You can work on a farm. Right? But that didn't stop her from walking <laughs> into a dietary department of a local hospital wearing a more mature outfit, touting a large rack that gave her the illusion of maturity. So when she lied about her age, they're like, oh yeah, she looks 16. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. This, yeah. I believe this. It wouldn't be long before she got herself a chocolate Gibson SG, like the one played by her idol, Tony. In high school, she became friends with a bunch of guys who were also really into rock music, and some of them loved playing as well. So they would get together and jam, eventually forming a band. Nothing super official, but they were cohesive enough to play a backyard show for Lita's Sweet 16. That's cute. Yo, I'm going to say this. Lita had cool fucking parents. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you want to host a concert for yourself for your sweet 16? Okay, I'm going to make... And her like, sweet Italian mother's like, I got to make sandwiches for everybody, all your little friends. I know they're going to sneak in a couple beers, and I know they're going to be hungry. You like some ravioli? I made lasagna, too. I got some lasagna. You know what? Tell your friends I made Tupperwares for everybody. They can take it home. That's the party gift. Do they like the stromboli? I put a gabagool in every in every container. <laughs> but that show became the talk of the town, partly because many were surprised that parents would even allow their kids to let loose like that, but mainly because no one had ever seen a girl play guitar like that before, at least not in Long Beach. After that word got out, there, there was a chick who could really wail on a guitar. Mm. One band reached out to her after their bassist pulled out right before a show and asked if she would step in. She was adamant that she played guitar, not bass, Mm -hmm. but they were persistent. She eventually caved, figuring learning bass parts can't be that hard. If you know guitar, you you can probably know bass, right? And if you're if you're getting that good on guitar, it with the same amount of determination, you can learn the bass parts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was fine. What Lita didn't realize was that back then, the music biz was a lot of scouting and word of mouth. There would be people in that audience who would see her and have the ability to change the course of her career forever. God, she's lucky. She's this is lucky like, and talented, man. Was this like her first like official concert? Yeah, like, like she was she performing played? with this band a couple times and at one of the shows she damn. was she was basically scouted. She got the charisma. I know. God but also damn. back then, that was just how most people... And she lived near right. LA. But I'm just saying, it's like she was barely in a band that played an actual <laughs> venue. And, yeah, right. and somebody was like, her. That's need it. her. Well, there's a lot that went into this, as you know. Yeah. It wouldn't be long before she would receive a call from King Creep himself, Kim Fowley. Our favorite. Uh. 
Yeah, if you don't remember this guy, go back and listen to our Joan Jet episode because this guy is a dick bag full of dicks. And like, in a they're bag. gross dicks. Disgusting dicks in a bag they're in the shape of a human with a trench coat over it. Not dicks you want to look at. No. No. Or touch. No. Or even know exist. Like, pedophile mixed with a rapist mixed with the creepiest drunk guy at the bar with that won't leave you. With a sprinkle of Phil Spector. Whole lot of Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah. Um, Getting some strong Phil, Phil Spector vibes here. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he asked if she was the girl who plays bass, and she corrected him by saying she plays guitar. And he said, that's fine. We need that, too. From there, he offered her an audition for an all-girl rock band that he was working on, throwing in the usual promises of making her a star, and she's going to fuck other famous rock stars and tour the biggest arenas. Ugh. Yes, the magical I mean, the magical statements. Yeah, but also, ugh. Yeah. Even though she thought he was a total fucking weirdo, which Good. rightfully so. Yes. She still went to the audition because being in an all-girl rock group sounded pretty awesome to her. Yeah. When she showed up to the rehearsal space, Joan and Sandy were the only other two set members at this point. After Kim went on a tired monologue about how important he was and all the amazing things he's going to do for her career, it was time for her to show her stuff off. Mm -hmm. She broke into Deep Purple's Highway Star so she could really show off that sweet guitar solo. And Sandy got so excited when she found out she was like, I know this song too. So the two jammed out, leaving Joan and Kim with mouths agape. Mm -hmm. There was no question who the lead guitarist would be. And after a few more auditions, the band would be fully realized into who we now know as the Runaways. Mm-hmm. Lita wouldn't just click with Sandy musically. They would actually become close friends. As far as the rest of the band, there was never really a strong bond between her and them. Yeah. Especially Joan and Sherry. The way Lita writes about it in the book, to me, it kind of almost feels like maybe some jealousy or envy. But also perhaps she could have just been uncomfortable about their relationship in general because they had a strange relationship. And I remember Lita did not like that lesbians were around her. Oh, I'll get there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to bring that up. Don't don't you worry. That was a thing. That was a thing indeed. Look, I'm not going to really get into too much detail about the Runaways because that's just a story all in and of itself. And like you said earlier, we did cover a bunch of it in the Joan Jett episode. Right. But again, scratching surfaces at best here, kids. Like, The Runaways yeah. is a fucking story. I mean, story. We, we could do a whole other episode on just The Runaways. We might even be able to have a two-parter on that, because <laughs> they were only around for four years, but holy shit, Guess did what, they guys? go through bullshit. There's some shit. There's, it might surprise you to hear. It's going to be some bullshit. Yeah. But, like, I'm just going to go through the key details as they pertain to Lita's life in this story. Mm-hmm. So, here's a little bit about Runaways stuff. Let's not forget the members of the Runaways were all high school girls. So while they're expected to spend late nights rehearsing, Lita's also still expected to roll out of bed and go to school the next morning. Because her parents were super supportive of her music career, but Mm -hmm. also super supportive that you got to fucking finish school. Within the first year, there were some things that Lita noticed that were different between her and her bandmates. Mm-hmm. namely she realized most of her bandmates were gay mm-hmm. and it was the 70s and it's like not only is that uncommon to see but it's totally viewed negatively mm-hmm. so lita claimed it freaked her out a lot she couldn't wrap her head around it unfortunately she let it get to her so much that she quit the band which is dumb yeah you don't quit the band over somebody else's sexuality that has nothing to do with you nope 
You don't. You know what doesn't affect your life? Somebody else's sexuality. It doesn't at all. Yeah. As long as y'all are playing on the same notes, you're fine. Doesn't matter. It's fine. She told everyone that she was just tired of Kim's shit, which like, I mean, we know what he puts them through, so I don't... That's totally believable. I'm sure that's a factor. It's not not a factor. Yeah. (laughs) So she could just save face if she used that excuse. Yeah. However, this was a decision she immediately regretted. Yep. And she would have nightmares about missing her shot at being a rock star while the runaways became huge. Mm Mm-hmm. Lita was lucky, though. I mean, also, she's super talented, but... After a month, she got a call from the band asking her to come back. They weren't able to find another girl who could play like her. She got over her hang-ups about her bandmates' sexualities and was back on board. Good. As you should have in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for Lita, it's just the time that you were born and raised in, which is not an excuse at fucking all, but she definitely Mm -hmm. needs to work on her views of you know, LGBTQ plus. Right. Especially when, like, I get it. It was the seventies, but you were also living in Long Beach, California, right? which was as far as I can tell, a pretty liberal ish area at yeah. that point. At least, mm-hmm. at least people were doing a fuck ton of drugs. So it didn't really matter. So seriously. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she came back. And that's all mm-hmm. that mattered. Good thing she did too, because the runaways uh, got pretty damn big. Mm hmm. They began doing photo shoots for magazines, and one featured her in her bedroom with pictures of all of her favorite artists along the walls behind her. And one of them was Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple, Mm -hmm. another one of Lita's idols. Yes. A lot of people's idols, arguably. Oh, definitely. It just so happened that not long after that magazine hit newsstands, she received a call from Richie. What? Who apparently got her number from Kim. That's... Yeah. That makes it creepy. Yeah. 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 She's a teenager. I'm going to stop. Yep. I'm going to stop. Well, it's, it, we've got plenty of places to get <laughs> upset like, about this. There's going to be more outrage later. I need to save just, it. Just save it. Give yeah. it like a minute. Yeah. Three, two, one. One, two, three. <laughs> what the heck is bothering me? This, this. This is what's bothering me. Anyway. They chatted for a while about music and he invited her over to his place for a jam session. And a friendship developed between the two. Richie was teaching Lita advanced guitar tricks, and he was teaching her how to play songs in minor keys, things that she wasn't sure how to approach. So uh-huh. having an expert sit down and show you was mm-hmm. detrimentally helpful for her career. Like, this is Detrimentally great. helpful is a fucking oxymoron. What is it? I said detrimentally helpful. <laughs> no, it was insanely helpful. Exponentially helpful? I think that's the word I was looking there for. There you go. Thank but you. also, like, what is Richie's endgame here? Was he just trying to have, like, a daughter figure? Or was something else going on? He did I'm apparently... Not, I'm not projecting anything onto Richie Blackmore, no, no, no. but... I've, he did... He was apparently going through his divorce at this point. And I don't know if he had kids... That but makes maybe. it even weirder. Well, so then I'm, Lita does say they slept together once or twice, but it was apparently well after she turned 18. Mm. That's what she says in the book. You can't see all my air quotes here, but they're there. It's all coming back to me now. Okay. I. Yep. And they would maintain a friendship throughout their lives. Like, they're still friends and, like, they, mm-hmm. they, um... I just have a good personal like and a business relationship. I'm not defending it, 
But, but it seems consensual in that, I guess. Yeah. That, I just have to It's just that. creepy because it's definitely an older man taking advantage yes. of a younger girl who is in a position where it's like, wow, I can learn a lot from him. And he knows that she idolizes him. Yeah. 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 You see where I'm coming oh, with Oh, I 100% this? see where you're coming from with this. Hmm. And it doesn't defend it, but that really was just like how it fucking was back then. Yeah. Like, oh, she's 16, 17, close enough. But granted, I know nothing of Richie Blackmore. So no, same. And I, I mean, she actually, again, Letus is nothing but good things about him. Right. Which she is says why. He was a really good dude. Which is why I'm going to side eye this and then be like, okay. I feel uncomfortable, but. Okay. I'm just going to say, you know what? She seemed perfectly fine with it. She's still okay with it. Right. And the honesty she has about other relationships that I will get to. Makes me feel like I'm sure Richie's a fine, wonderful person. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> Something I would deem a little more interesting of a decision would be that she um, decided to move in with Kim Fowley. He had a second room and she wanted to be closer to the rehearsal space in L.A. Kim allegedly did nothing to her, but she would constantly walk in on him fucking women around their apartment. Gross. But as far as like the runaways go... Lita has zero stories about Kim abusing her. I mean, other than, you know, physically throwing shit at them and spitting on them and screaming at them and assaulting them. But, like, sexually, she has not been raped by Kim Fowley. That's good. Good for her. (laughs) One of the few. Wow, we are scratching bare minimum, but look, we didn't. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. One benefit from this experience, though, would be that Lita got to see him at work. She had a sneak peek at the business side of music, how to talk to people, what to promise, when to talk big. It would be a truly valuable lesson that she would take to heart. Being in the runaways overall was really good groundwork for the rest of Lita's career. It would get her seasoned for life on a tour bus, and she would meet the big players in the rock world. I mean, they're performing with everyone from the Ramones, Rush, Cheap Trick, Tom Petty. You know what? Okay. Just imagine your local classic rock station and that's who they were playing with. Basically. Yeah. And Lita's got a fun and easygoing personality, was generally respectful with their tour mates. I mean, unless you fucked with her or the Runaways and then you better fucking look out. So she made friends with a lot of rockers who, if they weren't already famous, would definitely be in a few years time. And those friendships were definitely going to help her out down the road. Mm-hmm. Lita does have a good reputation with the other rockers of her time. That's good. Because she's cool and she's friendly. She's not a bitch. She's not a diva. She knows like how to act around people. Mm-hmm. She was raised right. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how these people who are raised right are like friendly and, and nice and nice and, and like do don't well. fuck people over it's, it's crazy. so weird it's so weird who are you i don't know i don't know her <laughs> i don't know her <laughs> of course there was the drinking and the drugs mm-hmm. jack daniels apparently became her drink of choice Oh, gro- how does that become people's drink of choice i don't know can we just take it aside and just be like guys all right how how does jack daniels become your drink of drink of choice it, like, like who hurt you who hurt you and also can you branch out because i can guarantee you that there are better bourbons on the market i'm not even guaranteeing it i'm saying i know there are better i know bourbons. there are i've had I them i know there are I've put them in my mouth and some of them are even cheaper than jack daniels which yeah. blows your mind oh, but jack like Daniels. come on guys so fucking branch gross. out get better taste stop wasting my time and bullshit stop wasting your taste buds yes you're doing a disservice to your mouth. And that was a rock candy PSA. Don't drink Dak Dak Daniels. <laughs> Don't drink Dak Daniels. <laughs> Why am I always drunk? 
Nope, that's what it is. Dak Daniels. Dak. Yeah. Yeah. Dak Daniels. <laughs> so, yeah, that's her drink of choice. Unfortunately, I can't say we're zero days without heroin. Oh, come on, Lita. Because Lita. She, she did try it once while hanging out with Joey Ramone's girlfriend. Okay. I mean, at so, least she did it once and was just like, nah. What had happened was they're hanging out and she's like, oh, I'm doing heroin. And Lita's like, okay, I guess. I'm like 18, 19. I don't know any Why? better. And like for some reason she was injecting it into her ass. What? So she injected Lita's ass, and Lita got so sick. She was sick for, like, two days, just throwing up, and said, I never want that shit inside me again. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't know. That's so fucked up. I know. It's there's I have so many questions. I have I have questions specifically for Joey Ramone's girlfriend. Yeah, I I don't know. Is this the same one that left him for uh, Linda? I can't I don't know. Lita does not for uh, no for Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was so ridiculous because Johnny's like the worst one. I know. But I don't know if it's Linda because Lita never specifies who's it whose it is. And I don't know if that's because she wants to protect Linda's reputation mm-hmm. or if it's just like she was just a, it was a fly by night girlfriend. Maybe. Right. Could have been. It could have been. I'm I certainly hope that Joey Ramone was like, you're injecting heroin in your ass. OK, <laughs> bye. bye. I just, this is too dumb for me. I just found this out and I am perturbed and I am leaving. You know what? I, I got better things to do with my time. Yeah, I got. I got achy bones to take care of. I got to go. I got achy bones and an OCD. I cannot have a girlfriend <laughs> who injects heroin into her butt. This is where I draw the line. I'm Joey Ramone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a bunch of sex, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. with regular dudes and sometimes with other rock stars. Lita was barely 20 when the Runaways would break up, but already she lived the life of a full rock star. Mm-hmm. It, she crammed a lot. She into, crammed a lot into four years. Yeah. Yeah. And, a, <laughs> and some dicks. Good for her. Yeah. She crammed some dicks. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Good for her. Good for her. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Yeah, no, honestly, like, you're 18 and you're at the age of consent. Like, you're making your choices. Feel your oats. Just, you know. Make sure it's consensual. Yeah. Just and everybody's happy. Fucking steamroll them. <laughs> there you go. With your <laughs> vagina. <laughs> It was 1979 when the band parted ways, and Lita went back to live with her parents for a bit and regrouped, trying to figure out her next steps. She spent a bit of time just taking it easy, having adventures with friends, and this is where she starts sleeping with Eddie Van Halen, who would give her a lot of decent music advice in addition to the D. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a tryst. Situ- that was a tryst. That was a tryst. Initially, she thought it would be a good idea to create a band and find a guy to sing, she didn't see herself as a lead singer. She didn't have a lot of experience with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. She continued auditioning people, many guys, but no one was really what she was looking for. In the end, she decided she'd just have to do it herself. Lita decided the trick to being a lead singer would be to rid herself of any dependency to look at her guitar. Mm-hmm. So, she had one made without frets on the neck. So, even if she looked down at the guitar she's still not really going to know where she is that's an interesting way of you know taking yourself out of that yeah. that's she, so weird 
She wanted to be able to like hear where she was, not feel or see where she was. Okay. Which makes sense when you're trying to sing in key. Uh-huh. You have to make sure you're playing in key. And like that's going to also make you have to get better. Yeah, it's an interesting way of going about it, but yeah. Yeah, you're if it works. Tr- you're trying harder. But all in all, yeah, this would just help her to be able to look out into the audience and give her a better stage presence. Mm-hmm. You'd think spending a few years in a successful rock band like The Runaways would mean Lita's loaded, right? <laughs> Not in The Runaways. Are you kidding? Well, no. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Kim Foley <laughs> was loaded. They weren't. Is it Foley or Fowley? Or does it matter? I don't, is it F-O-W-L-E-Y? Yeah. I guess Fowley. Okay. You know, again, doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, you, Ashley's right. You're wrong. The girls got royally <laughs> screwed on their contracts and basically had nothing when all was said was done. This left Lita getting a day job working at a department store. Wow. Can you imagine? You're in the fucking runaways. And you're, you're and touring. Then you, you're the biggest, one of the biggest You bands. have the runaways on your resume as you are applying to Macy's to yes. work for commission in the girls department. Yeah. You're like working the perfume counter. Yeah. Like, God, I fucking hate this. What did I do? Sky wrong? high hair, like the girlfriend in fucking Airheads. Not yet. <laughs> she didn't have her sky high hair yet. Oh, still had just like this really nice, like seventy straight blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Sometimes life works in mysterious ways, though, and she would end up meeting a guy named Ray, looking for cologne with his girlfriend. At one point, he mentioned he was looking to start a band, and Lita immediately went into her sales pitch, explaining who she was and that she wanted in on this band. Homegirl needed to be in a band. She didn't know anybody else in a band? I guess not looking. Not looking for anybody? Nobody was looking, yeah. Not only did Ray play bass, but he already had a drummer and a rehearsal space. They got together and began working on songs, and soon enough, they would just be performing at nightclubs. Mm -hmm. It was at one of these performances that she met Neil Merriweather, a Canadian songwriter and bass player who had worked with the likes of Steve Miller, Rick James, and soon Lita. Mm Mm-hmm. Initially, they were writing songs together, but soon after, he impressed her so much with his bass playing that she asked him to play on her upcoming album. Not only did he provide some sweet bass slapping, but he would also create costumes for her. These (laughs) costumes would eventually become what she's best known for, the wild leather Barbarella type outfits. I thought you were going to go to like a sexy way. Not only was he slapping that bass, but he was slapping that V, too, huh? Yeah. Sorry. I missed opportunity. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they might have fucked. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. No. She she wasn't going to be fucking Neil, because huh. while he would be helping her with her outfits, he wasn't the only one to help cultivate Lita's style. Mm-hmm. Around this time, she began dating another budding rock star who would give her her first quaffed 80s haircut. Oh. Oh, who is it? Mm. This was when she dated Nikki Six of Motley oh Crue. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. My God. Oh, yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, they kind of had the same hairdo. Oh, yeah, 100. I had a very vaguely Nikki Six hairdo for a long time also. For what it's <laughs> worth, he does pull it off. He pulls it off, but you know what? How old is he now? Like 60 and he's still with that hair? And it's like, oh, Nikki. But I know your Honey. hair is not jet black anymore, sweetie. It's fine. Just age gracefully, damn it. It's fine. It's fine. Surprise, surprise. This didn't last too long because once his band was on the rise, so was his drug use and womanizing. 
weird legendary yeah and not in a good way like everybody seems to think it is everyone seems to think like oh man motley Crue's so cool no they were rapists they were disgusting they were abusive and rapists and horrible horrible drug users that didn't give a flying fuck about anybody else did you know that vince neal killed somebody yeah because he did he did i mean it was an accident but he still did it he still killed somebody because of all of the drugs and alcohol so you know what it's not cool. It's not cool. Guys, Motley Crue's not cool. Another rock candy PSI. <laughs> but uh, yeah, meanwhile, Lita's hard at work on her album. She's focusing on her music, so she's not putting up with that shit. Good. So she walked away. She's Good. Like, nah, we ain't doing this. Finally, somebody with some goddamn brains. I mean, Holy they, shit. They stayed friends. Fine. But like, no more dating Nikki Six. Good. Also, like, girl, do you want chlamydia? Because that's how you get chlamydia. <laughs> it was in 1982 when Lita put the finishing touches on her album and her new look when her performance was caught by Denny Rosencrantz from Mercury Records. He was very much into what he was hearing and got her signed soon after. Hmm. A year later, her debut album, Out for Blood, was released. Unfortunately, the album didn't make many waves. Mm-hmm. There could be a plethora of reasons behind this. No one wanted to carry the album because it featured a woman on the cover without pants holding a bleeding guitar. And I mean, PMRC, anyone? Yeah, this was prime Washington mm-hmm. Wives era. Oh, yeah, yeah, They were like, oh, look at this lady. She's <gasps> carrying <gasps> pearls. <laughs> I got him. Also, it was a woman-fronted rock group, which mm-hmm. really wasn't what anyone was asking for at the time, even though you fuckers needed it. Yeah. The label sent them right back into the studio to work on the next album, hoping for better songs for a better commercial reception. On a large scale, they may not have been getting a lot of attention, but in the L.A. scene, Leah Ford was a must on every venue's list. Hmm. She was performing everywhere in that area. Except for the Macy's Cologne counter. (laughs) She was done with that place. (laughs) Never again. That didn't mean all that much respect came to Lita as a performer, though. It was almost a novelty to see a female guitarist at that impressive of a skill level. Heck, there were plenty of men who weren't as talented as Lita. Yeah. So. Suck my dick. Suck yeah, my dick. Suck my dick. Big wigs at the top had a hard time figuring out how to market her. But what was worse was that other metal acts would give her shit. Many times they would unplug her amp before she'd go on stage or they'd mess with her monitor settings, resulting in a rough start to her set. One night, sharing the stage with Dokken, guitarist George Lynch walked up to her and claimed she was, quote, all Joan jetted out now. Insulted and confused by what he even meant, Lita asked him to clarify, to which he just remarked, quote, girls don't play guitar, and he walked off. I fucking hate Dokken. I don't know anything about them, but that guy sounds like a dick. He was a dick. Oh, okay. Fuck Dokken. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate Dokken. This is I our don't... PSA. <laughs> Fuck Dokken. Yeah. This is just an episode of Rock Candy PSAs, and just, it's just all of our hot takes. Yeah. We're, we're changing the name of hot takes to PSAs. Yeah. I honestly have never heard a decent story about that dick from Dokken. Damn. All right. For what it's worth, there are plenty of dudes in the story who are very supportive of female rockers, but there are also just as many who try to keep them down. But even scarier were the girlfriends. They had a particular dislike for Lita, who they felt was just showing off to get their boyfriend's attention. Oh, my God. She oh, my actually... God. Stop it with the woman-on-woman crime here. I know. It's, it's so like... upsetting. Ugh. She actually had um, a few 
instances of broken bottles being thrown at her face because women were trying to fuck up her face so she wasn't pretty anymore. That is ridiculous. Yeah. We got to stop with the women on women crime. You want to get mad at somebody? Get mad at your boyfriend. Seriously. Don't get mad at the woman working her ass off. Who is doing nothing to try and fuck your boyfriend. She's just doing what she wants to do because she loves it. Trust me. She probably doesn't want to fuck your boyfriend. Right. You should be mad at the other girls in the audience who are actually trying to fuck your boyfriend. And then get mad at your boyfriend because he will fuck them. Yeah. Mostly just get mad at your boyfriend. Mostly just get mad at your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just stop. In 1984, Lita released her second solo work, Dancing on the Edge. The album would be much more successful than the previous one, reaching number 66 in the Billboard 200 and getting nominated for a Grammy for Best Female Rock Performance. Shit. While the results were worth it, the process in making the album was a bit of a trial. The long and short of it is that Lita ended up meeting up with John Bon Jovi and his band. Drugs and alcohol happened, and then there ended up being some kind of orgy with like some of the Bon Jovi members Gross. and Lita and her tech, who was a female. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was like John, Richie Sambora, and then their keyboardist. And they're all fucking. I mean, I guess. And I, I can... guess Bon Jovi f- like threw up red wine on a white carpet. <laughs> it is kind of a funny story. But also, like, I can see that happening because all of the guys in Bon Jovi just looked exactly alike. So, right? like, how can you tell? You're fucking Bon Jovi. You're fucking Richie Sambora. How are you supposed to tell a difference? They have the same fucking haircut. They're the same person. We're the same person. Anyway. So I'm just a bon- I'm just picturing this and both of them are going, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh my god, are you doing the talking yes. guitar? Wow, 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 wow. Oh my god. I mean gross. Worst orgy ever. I mean, honestly, I have nothing in that sounded nothing, sexy to me at nothing, all. Not a single fucking thing. I actually really just like the part where Bon Jovi throws up on their carpet. <laughs> That was my favorite part. Everything else, I'm like, ugh. Because you know what? That makes him the fuck up here. It does. <laughs> when he throws up, do you think he goes, wow, 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 wow. The point is that this actually became a friendship that remained with Lita and John, and he would suggest her to work with producer Lance Quinn, who was overall kind of useless and didn't seem to have much faith in her skills. That is a terrible suggestion. He's I'm Bon Jovi. Probably Lance says yes to everything Bon Jovi yeah. wants. Yeah. And so he thinks he's going to do the right by Lita. Yeah. But he didn't. Figured <laughs> that pesky vagina was just getting in the way uh, of they got that guitar. Uh-huh. Anyway, Lance ended up switching out her guitar solo on the song Gotta Let Go for a friend of his who he thought was a better guitarist. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, she didn't find out till like the next day. Fuck this guy. He would also try to switch out her other band members for other people he knew. And she stayed friends with John Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, she talks about, I love John, but man, I will never take his advice I again. I was going to say, I will never take another suggestion She's like, I will hang out with him. We will you know, be friends, but I tried, never again. I tried this producer and he fucked me over. I tried his grandpa's sauce and it was disgusting. I got the worst agita of my life. <laughs> now I have heartburn. I didn't even know I could get heartburn. This is all awful. It's all awful. But he's a great friend. He is a great friend. He, he means well. I also do picture John Bon Jovi being that friend who's like, he means well, but he fucks up every single, every time, single time because yeah. he lives in his own little privileged bubble. Yep. Yeah. Yep. His white boy bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his beloved New Jersey white boy bubble. Aww. Yeah. 
sad. Yeah, <laughs> sad. But yeah, the the overall process was very difficult for Lita because she is newer to the biz, at least in the solo sense. So uh-huh. she had very little control over what was happening, right. which frustrated her to no end. And while this album would be a success for Lita, she still felt underrated by the rock and metal industry and was still trying to prove herself to her label and her manager. All right. This is apparently an argued section of the book. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying I believe Lita. Okay. But. There's questions? No, I actually don't even have questions. Okay. But anyway, so. Let me, I'll just get into it. We'll, we'll chat in a minute. Okay. We'll meet back around. <laughs> so around this time, she began to date Tony Iommi, mm-hmm. the Black Sabbath guitarist who inspired her to pick up the six string axe in the first place. And I think this is a cautionary tale of don't fuck your idols. Yeah. Like, it's enough like when people say don't meet your idols. I'm going to say like, you can meet them. Don't fuck them. Definitely don't marry them. Do not fuck them. Yeah. It started with a one-night stand while on tour in Germany and slowly developed into some sort of actual relationship not long after. Mm -hmm. And some things were just off at first. Namely, he would act strangely, pacing around the house, jiggling door handles while they were visiting her parents. And they kind of looked at their daughter as if to say, you in danger, girl. Oh. They were not a big fan of Tony. Oh, Lita, you in danger, girl. Lita, you in danger, girl. On occasion, when meeting up to see him at a hotel, she would notice another woman waiting in the lobby around the same time that she was coming in. And later, she actually found out that it was his wife who he hadn't quite divorced yet and probably stringing her along. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Good to know. Wait, did she even know that he was married? I think so. Yeah, no, she did. But I think what he was saying is that they were divorcing. Okay. But, like, as she kind of, like, was putting the pieces together after reading his book, she was like, oh, she didn't know they were divorcing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And probably his wife didn't know that he was, like, in relationships. Oh, I'm sure she knew. Because let's be honest. It's Tony Iommi. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a metal rocker from the 60s and right. 70s. Right. Like, yeah, he's fucking around. Yeah. She knew. But the real red flag was on a flight to England to meet Tony's parents, where he, completely unprovoked, punched Lita in the eye. Excuse me? Yeah. Just punched her. She was utterly shocked and scared and hid in the private flight attendant area for the remainder of the flight. She like went up to the flight attendant like, I, I need to not be near him. And they're like, okay, just hang out back here for the flight. Don't worry about it. Okay, so what crazy ass insane drugs is he on? Everything. Mostly cocaine and downers. Why would you do that? He does both. Why? Because he gets too high and then he needs to get down, but then he gets too down, so he needs to get high again. Then he gets too high, he's got to get down, so it's and then like he's got to get high again. an extreme Fleetwood Mac method. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like... It's not even cognac. It's all illegal, illegal narcotics. Yeah. It's, it's just... Yeah. It's not great. Soon, she discovered his abuse was nothing new. He was prone to rare yet violent outbursts. They would continue to stay together for a couple years, though, and even got engaged. He just, like, threw a ring and, like, guess we're engaged now. What? Romance. But, like, oh. I'm, mm, And I, when they, mm. she went to visit his mother, she had the black eye, mm-hmm. and she's looking at it, her, and, like, they're kind of looking at each other, she's like, and Tony left the room, and she's, Lita says to his mom, 
yeah, Tony did this. And she's like, yeah, I figured. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, his dad did to me all the time. Cool. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, abuse Don't begets mean- abuse. Wow. Eventually, one night would finally be too much. After doing a little too much blow, Tony choked Lita unconscious and nearly beat her head in with a chair. Jesus fucking Christ. She ran out and took refuge at Nikki Six's place, which I don't get because his solution to this problem was heroin. If your refuge is the den of six, then I'm pretty sure that you's in danger, girl. You're like beyond oh danger. You, you, you ran like, from- I'm going to go to Nikki Six for safety. <laughs> If Nikki Six is your safety net, you are in so much danger. And apparently she's on the couch, very upset, telling him the whole story. He's like, hold on. I got something for this. It's heroin? Fine. Let he me inject it in your ass. Heroin. And she's oh like, Nikki, God. I don't do heroin. And she just, I guess, snorted like a small bump just to like fall asleep for the next two days because she just like couldn't handle the trauma from what just happened to her. Oh, my God. But Nikki Six's solution is heroin i hope he feels like fucking shit about that he probably doesn't he doesn't i'm sure he's nikki six he doesn't give a flying fuck about anything he's a rock star baby he's rich and he has a radio show where he can do whatever he wants he's so cool (sighs) guys molly crew's so cool i literally want to flip this table right now (laughs) it's taking every ounce of restraint to not flip this motherfucking table and scream so get this um okay a few days later lita discovered tony took her backing band to rehearse with him what which was just like total insult to injury why did they go because he probably told them some bullshit i don't know because he's a man probably was like oh lita fucked you guys over she's gone she's out of here pretty much yeah he like told them some bullshit (gasps) and so she was done this was it she packed up her stuff left him a note and never looked back yeah good yeah Sold the ring, got a couple hundo for it. Nice. Yeah. And while I'd love to say she would never fall for some asshole sales pitch into a bad situation again, that's unfortunately not going to be the case. Yeah. For a time, though, Lita found her stride. Sick of her manager's need to wrangle her in by telling her, be a good girl, don't drink so much, wear less makeup, she dumped him and went searching for someone who would get it. Yeah, smile, right? Who would see her as the bad bitch she is and market her appropriately? Mm-hmm. For a hot minute, she went with Don Arden, a very successful yet intimidating man in the music business. However, she soon became much more interested in working with his daughter, Sharon Osborne. Oh, that's mm. why that name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not fully aware of the bad blood between father and daughter, Lita yeah. gave Sharon a call and joined the t- and the two joined forces catapulting this metal goddess into the fame she worked so hard for. Mm -hmm. Sharon got it. She knew the business was against a strong, independent woman. She also grew up in the biz and knew how to appeal to the masses. She gave Lita another full makeover, amping her hair with extensions of blue and black and blonde. She was getting Lita booked on some really big tours, too. Like one with Bon Bon Jovi. John Bon Bovi? God, I John Bon Bovine. Bon Jovi. Fuck. No. Why can't I say that name? Because <laughs> he's a cow. <laughs> bon Bovine. John Bon Bovine. Anyway, yes. So <laughs> she went touring with Bon Jovi, but this was a huge tour for her. This was like the first really big fucking tour. Because mm-hmm. at this point, Bon Jovi is 
huge. But also, like, why didn't Mr. Bon John Bovine ask her to be an opening act for him before? Again, I think he's one of those friends who's like, I mean well, but I suck. Fairweather friend. He is a Fairweather friend. Only when he's not on tour. Mm-hmm. Or when he's not puking red wine into or your Or when carpet. he wants to have an orgy and then vomit red wine everywhere. Wow, wow. <laughs> wow, wow. In 88, Lita would grace the cover of RIP magazine, R.I.P. And considering that you barely saw women in a metal magazine, let alone on the cover, this was a huge accomplishment for her as well as women in rock all around. Mm-hmm. The stars aligned, and with this release of her third album, simply titled Lita, she had her two biggest hits. Yes. Kiss Me Deadly peaked at number 12 in the Billboard charts and became a standard party hit. Super into doing that for karaoke. It is a good song. Very hard to sing. Yeah. I can do it. All right. Let's (laughs) fucking go. No, I can't. But it was her duet with Ozzy Osbourne, Close My Eyes Forever, that would be her biggest chart topper. Mm -hmm. And the song may not have happened at all if Ozzy and Sharon didn't stop by the studio to drop off a life-size replica of Coco the Gorilla. Because, yeah, that makes total sense. Apparently, Lita really liked Coco the Gorilla. (laughs) She was pumped for the gift. The three hung out late into the night, drinking, like, maybe a kiddie pool-sized amount of wine. Mm Mm-hmm. Sharon got tired and left, leaving the other two to jam together, and they just began to write lyrics and music until the sun came up, resulting in a song that would be at number eight, being the biggest hit for both sides. Mm -hmm. With success comes the whirlwind touring, press junkets, and nonstop traveling. Unfortunately for Lita, this gave her little time to process the grief of her father passing away around this time. Yikes. Yeah, she was really devastated because she's, again, very close to her parents. Right. And her mother's also devastated, so she starts not doing great either at this point. Mm -hmm. It was probably this event that pushed her into marrying her then-boyfriend, Chris Holmes, guitarist of the band Wasp. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No. This is such a TikTok. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. 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 There was no abuse, but it just wasn't a wise decision for either yeah, of them. No, it wasn't. I mean, they enjoyed each other's company, but they were clearly not in love with each other, and they both kind of even knew it. But like, they were like, "What's going on?" Because you're young and dumb and mm, drugs, full of cum. <laughs> yep, and grief. Actually, you're young, dumb, and full of grief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It would be a few years to finally realize this, though. After silly arguments, a, fru- a few broken guitars, and an absentee husband, when Lita needed him to be there after the death of both of her parents, they would divorce. Yeah. When Lita received news that her mother was diagnosed with the breast cancer that would ultimately kill her, she decided to write a song for her. It began when she was backstage at Wasp concerts, just strumming on Chris's guitars. Mm -hmm. And then she would join up with Michael Dan Emig, who would collaborate with her for many albums to come. He's become a huge writer force with her. Mm -hmm. When it was finished, the song Lisa would become one of the the singles off her fourth album, Stiletto. And she did come out before her mom died and her mom fucking loved it. She just listened to it all the time. Like she'd be in chemo and just listening to it. 
Uh, yeah. That's so sweet. Honestly, this is the part where the book got a lot more interesting to me because she talked a lot more about her relationship with her parents. And I'm like, oh, you had a really good like relationship with your parents. Man. Her mom talked to David Bowie one night. Oh, she took she took her mom to be her date at an awards show and uh-huh. she got lost and she just talked to David Bowie for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And she's like, that Dave was such a nice boy. Dave. You know who Dave. She called him Dave. That's adorable. I know. Oh, her mom, her mom and dad sound like the fucking coolest people. Finally, we have two episodes in a row where we have like decent families cool in the background and cool ass parents. I know. It's really nice. I like this. <laughs> it takes away from some of the bullshit. A little bit. A little bit. This wouldn't quite reach the heights of her last release, though. It only peaked at number 52 in the charts in 1990. One of the contributing factors to this drop may have been her management lacking in promoting her again. Imagine that. Okay, so at this point in Sharon's career, she was focused on trying to get Ozzy back on track, but that homeboy was a capital H, capital M, hot mess. Yes. This was Ozzy's stretch of his career where he was a hot it was fucking mess. Bad news bears. Wasn't this a period when also uh, Ricky Rhodes died? I'm not 100% sure. I can't speak What year to that. was this? Like 90, 91. I think he died before that, but don't quote me on that. But well, still, this was a long-standing thing. Mm, it was with bad. Ozzy. Like most of the '80s, Ozzy was pretty terrible. Yeah. Constantly high mm. or drunk, sleeping around, and physically abusive to his wife. Crashing airplanes. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, things like that. <laughs> there were times where Sharon was just making bad calls with Lita and what her next move should be, and also became impossible to get a hold of. Lita was feeling ignored and a little slighted, like Sharon was purposely sabotaging her. Maybe she thought she had an affair with Ozzy, though Lita claims that that never happened. Mm -hmm. But also at that time, Ozzy was being incredibly... He was fucking everybody. Infidelic? I don't know what the word is. But, yeah. He was an infidel? Infidelity? No. He was... He was an adulterer. Yeah, he was just fucking up. Literally. And, and like Sharon just and down I think, got and to, all around. <laughs> Sharon probably just got to the point where she thought he was sleeping with everyone. Probably. He probably was. Honestly. <laughs> Either way, it was time to move on to new management, so she let Sharon go. The early nineties were not kind to glam metal. And not mm-hmm. just because of grunge, but also because of country. Oh. Yeah. This Oof. is the Garth Brooks era. Oof. News on the street at that time was that Bob Buziak, the president of Lita's label BMG, was replaced with Joe Galante. And unlike Bob, Joe was much more interested in boosting their country artists and didn't really know what to do with a female rocker. What do I do with you? What do I do with them? Like, you have boobs. I don't know what to do with them. Everyone. Like, every dude looks at Lita and is like, I don't, you're a lady. What do I do with you? (laughs) And they whip out their dick and Lita's like, nope. That's not what you do. <laughs> They're Mm-mm. like, but, but suck my dick? I don't know what to do. In 91, Lita released Dangerous Curves, which is actually a pretty solid album. I was digging it. Mm-hmm. But commercially, it didn't really do much of anything. Her single, Shot of Poison, was nominated for a Grammy, but she lost out to Melissa Etheridge. Again, to give you an idea of what the scene was like at this right. point. Come to My Window was a hot, a hot Jam. track. Hot a track. Hot- a hot jam at that point so yeah, yeah you know i get it after parting ways with sharon she went with gold mountain agency however 
they were also managing Nirvana and Courtney Love. Yeah. So once again, she took a backseat to more popular, albeit much messier, artists. Oh, far more messy. Again, with the the heroin. Apparently the trick is do a lot of drugs and you'll get all the attention, apparently. Yes. As long as you're selling, I guess. In 95, she tried once more with her album Black, which she released on ZYX Records, a German-based label. They made a very poor decision to market this album as Lita is back and she's black. No. No, she's not. She very much is not. <laughs> Even Lita's like, what? Yeah, no. What? That's not how you market a white woman. No. <laughs> that no, is not what you say. She's like, That nope. is very wrong and quite racist. Not okay. That's not, not, not okay. No. No. Ooh. Oof a doof. <laughs> Yikes on bikes. And when Lita submitted her demos, she was really happy with them and figured they wouldn't do too much to alter them. Mm-hmm. However, they decided to re-record them and it ruined any aesthetic that she had been going for. So Wait, did they much... make her re-record them or did yes. they just do it? She made them like, they made her basically like do retakes so and stupid. stuff. stupid. Yeah. It's such bullshit. Come on. And with that, she decided she needed to walk away from music. Okay. So she's walking That's, away from music. That fucking sucks that everybody else made her want to walk away from because music. Because at this point, she's just lost. What do I do? Right. I've Everybody's done fucking I my career up. Everybody, yeah. like, nobody understands me at all. What do I do with you? Yeah. Oh, my God. This was clearly a hard time for Lita. She felt vulnerable and lost in her grief at so many downfalls. So when she met Jim Gillette, former singer of Nitro, she fell hard and fast. Ooh. Too fast. Too furious. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Vin Diesel is involved. This is a hard no. They were married two weeks later. Mm? Yeah. I'm glad I waited till you took a sip to say that. I'm sorry. Two weeks? Two weeks. Weeks. Yep. That's a little fast. But it would be 17 years of isolation and abuse before she would make it back to music free of another asshole trying to control her. My girl. I know. It's, and it's very, I mean, I don't want to say it's weird. Like, it is what it is. Like, we make decisions, we make choices based on experiences or what we deem is right. And I mean, I think grief made a lot of Lita's choices, but I I think what really shocks me is because... I feel like normally when you have such a good, you know, relationship to look up to, like her parents loved each other. So it's very, usually it's like from a, you know, if you're from a broken home or your parents hated each other. Like in Tony Yomi's like case, his father was abusive. So he was mimicking his father. Exactly. You would think that she would see this really great relationship and be like, this is what I want. This is what a relationship should be. But then again, she also at a young formative age had to work under Kim Fowley and who knows what that did to her. Right. The way she viewed herself in relationships. And also in my own experience, I see, I have seen a lot of women Mm. Who are very strong, very outspoken, Mm -hmm. very fuck you attitudes, who get into relationships that are abusive, manipulating, Mm -hmm. controlling, and all of these horrible, horrible things where the the dude ends up keeping them under their thumb. Yeah. Which is so mind boggling to Mm -hmm. me. Like you are such a strong, amazing person and you don't take shit from anybody else. But this person is like 
grinding you into the ground. I know. That happens a lot. Yeah. Just because they they have that part of their personality but then when the relationship comes into play it's like everything's they, different everything crumbles yeah. like all of that shit crumbles and they are just completely helpless to this male figure and there's like that rose colored glasses too where yeah. they think you don't know him like i do mm-hmm. there's those moments and those kernels of love that they give yeah. that keeps them hanging around i mean manipulation's they, real they cannot see those red flags because right. they have the rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. on. So Precisely. So there is a lot to this relationship in the book, but I'm just going to go through key factors. Mm-hmm. I will say like, there are a couple chapters on this, and it is, it's upsetting to read about because you see all of the classic tropes that fucking assholes pull. And who is this guy again? So this guy is Jim Gillette, and he was the former singer of Nitro. Okay. Never even heard of your band, bro. But whatever. I know that I've heard of them, but I've not heard their music. Yeah, like, who are you? Who even are you? Ugh, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Let me get into this. All right, buckle up. Not long after their marriage, Jim started moving himself and Lita around the country. But, and this is like years down the line, eventually they do move to an isolated island in Turks and Caicos. Hey, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Red flag number one. He's moving you all around the country. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this, so you this, don't have an opportunity to even make friends in what wherever you're living. He takes her out of L.A. pretty soon after they go to Oregon for like a year. Then they go to like, I don't know, Texas or something. I honestly don't remember. They did a couple bumps. Then they go to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then they end up like in on the main country. island in Turks and Caicos and like in the Caribbean. And then they're like eventually. And this is after like she had her kids and everything. Like they're settling in this very isolated area. So they had kids together too. Yeah, and, I, and okay. this is all stuff I'll get into. But okay. it is like the very classic sign of yeah, he's moving exactly. He's moving her. He's not letting her get close to people. Mm-hmm. They're constantly going different places, and she so doesn't she has have no lifeline. And she doesn't have any parents left. She right. doesn't have any siblings. Right. She probably her extended family is probably in fucking Europe. Actually, something. a lot of her family is in the States, but okay. like they're scattered all over the country right. and it's just not enough for her to be able to get to them. And she's probably not very close to them either. Yeah. And again, this is a slow manipulation. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. He basically ends up giving up music in favor of a life in construction and real estate. And that's how he's making all this fucking money because he's just building stuff and selling it. Mm-hmm. And that's also another reason he's saying that we have to keep moving is because he's building stuff and selling it. He would only allow one or two friends and their families as a part of their lives. Lita hadn't seen or spoken to her friends or family in years, Mm -hmm. and they actually became preppers for Y2K as his paranoid habits began to infiltrate her own thoughts. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They had trouble getting pregnant, with with Lita suffering through a few miscarriages before giving birth to her first son, James. And then a few years later, she would have her son, Rocco. So she ends up having James and Rocco. These are her two kids. Okay. With Jim. Jimmy Nitro. Jimmy Nightmare. (laughs) Seriously, this guy's a piece of shit. They lived on the islands for years, building a commune for themselves and another family who are really only into building stuff in the Bible. But that would be easier to deal with. Wait, wait. Pump the brakes. Rewind. 
Only Miss Finn's interested in building things in the Bible? No, no, building things and reading the Bible. Oh, okay. Excuse me. I thought, I was like, did they fucking build an ark or some shit? I mean, they might. Actually, you know what? They might have. Are, are they building Sodom and Gomorrah? They were apparently they... very religious and just like spent all their time building Are things. they building mangers? They might Are they putting be. babies in them? They might be. <laughs> but here's the thing. You're saying these things. I don't know. But possible. Uh, I'm interested in seeing this arc. Big if true. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> but like the this family would be easier to deal with than the next set of friends Jim made. The Gracie and Valenti families. I'm sorry if oh, I said no. this wrong. Gracie, Gracie. Because here's the thing. These names are big in the UFC MMA world. And Jim got himself no. deep into it. He's an MMA fighter now. No. Yep. This makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Worst of all is that he forced his sons, both still elementary school ages, to practice MMA. No, that yeah. is not what you do with children. You can look up a video, Rocco Gillette. He's like seven or eight years old and he's practicing MMA. This is wrong. It's just punching, but like you're... It, it, this family, this school of jujitsu and MMA is one of the strictest and most violent. Um, they basically had diets where it's like you're not allowed any sugar. You are not allowed to like enjoy yourselves. And Lita's like, what the fuck is this? Like now she's seeing like, oh, my God, I'm in a cult. Yeah. That she is- had that wake up. I'm in a cult moment. Kids will make you realize shit's fucked. This real is quick. a cult of violence. That mm-hmm. is horrible. Yeah. Also. Children just need sugar. Honestly, like kids don't have they, sugar. Don't they grow on sugar? Like, yeah, isn't that I, the thing? That's what I grew like, on. You slather the sugar on their faces so and then tang. they grow like a foot in a yeah. week? I don't know. Burn I don't know it's how fine. kids do things, but like, they need it. They need it. I'm pretty sure that's an essential part of their diet. Yeah. <laughs> not fighting. Not MMA. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm just, I'm so... <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around this it's fucking so Johnny Nightmare guy. Yeah. He's the fuck Jimmy Nightmare. Nah, it's Johnny Nightmare now. Oh my god, his <laughs> name's changed 50 times. Yeah. As far as Lita was concerned, she was expected to keep her mouth shut and get tattoos of her husband's name and other symbols to brand her. She got like his name. She got Gracie on there, so it's like, oh, Gracie method and my husband as a tramp stamp. It just says my husband. I am so angry. I am so angry. Mm-hmm. I am so angry right now. Mm-hmm. Lita! I know. What? I know. But that's, again, This is it's- worse than Dokken. This is worse than Wasp. <laughs> I didn't think anything could be worse than those two things. I mean, honestly, Wasp wasn't even that bad. Chris and her just didn't have a good marriage. Wasp in itself- Oh, not great. Is bad. Oh, okay. Is bad. All right. <laughs> it's yeah. This is worse than her going to Nikki Sixes and he's like, Well, here's some heroin. There have been some goddamn doozies in this fucking story. I but know. holy fuck Lita. I know. The track record. Oh my but god. But again, this you is came what... from such a good family. These were big, strong hands, <laughs> Lita. <laughs> but again, I mean it's just it's proof to show how manipulation works and how years Seriously. of this type of a mental abuse and can how being someone. manipulated by Kim Fowley was like so ingrained in her even though he didn't really subject her to as much as he subjected other people mm-hmm. she was very clearly taught as a teenager 
this is how men are going to treat you. Yeah. Your dad is an exception. He was a nice guy, but that doesn't mean shit because in your most formative years, mm. you were under the tutelage of this manipulating, abusive piece of shit. There's a reason the runaways all kind of have these really messed up stories. This brings a whole new level of bullshit to Kim Foley's story. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lita! So she was allowed to let her kids learn music, and she was kind of starting like little bands with them, uh-huh. which was nice. And eventually she was able to work on an album, which was released in 2009, called Wicked Wonderland. To this day, Lita disavows this as her album because the real force behind it was Jim. Mm-hmm. He worked on every song with her, and it carries a very heavy S&M kink theme, which really wasn't her vibe. And at this He's point, such a cult leader. she had total control over oh everything in her life. However, Lita finally found an out when TLC was talking with the couple about making a reality show about the family. For a hot second, I thought you meant like T-Boz Left Eye and Chili. <laughs> no. And then I was like, wait, she collaborated with TLC? And then- <laughs> no, like the terrible TV channel. Yeah, like the only formerly known as the learning channel. Now it's just the bullshit channel the bullshit channel the loser channel (laughs) i'm sorry that wasn't good i'll do better (laughs) next time i'm I'm not on my tippy toes right now so i'm sorry (laughs) through these trips to la she was beginning to find herself again and was gaining the confidence to finally get out of this nightmare situation in 2010 lita finally filed for divorce but was hit with the worst repercussions she could have ever imagined Slowly, her son stopped talking to her and began to ignore her completely. Because he... She became, Johnny Fuckface is a fucking manipulative piece of shit, right? She became a victim of parental alienation, a process where a child becomes estranged from a parent through psychological manipulation. Oh, no. Jim turned her sons against her. I fucking hate this guy. Eventually, he would convince the courts to deny Lita any visitation rights to the children. Basically, they said, oh, she's unhinged. She's not taking her medications, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you want to know who's unhinged? Mm. Mr. Jim Bob Fuckface over here. Oh, my God. The names. It's just (laughs) always alternating. (laughs) Always. Now I'm on my toes. (laughs) He hid them from her. Like, he would move them around and she had no idea where they were living. Yeah, because that's that's like step one. Mm -hmm. But even worse was 2015, her oldest child James, and I think at this point he was like 19, 20? Mm -hmm. I think he's like 21 now maybe? I don't know. I forgot how time works. Uh, But he was like a late teen and he came out to tell everyone that his mother was abusive and mentally ill and he was happy to never see her again. And to this day, she still has no relationship with him. That fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Now I get it with this and the Tony Iommi stories. There are people who claim that she's full of shit with these. However, I have tried. I have tried and like maybe not the deepest research, but also I feel like I shouldn't have to dig that deep to find plausible reasons to not believe her. Well, here's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't found any credible source that says like, oh, well, this is why this can't be true. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I believe that is because... Most metal music outlets, journalistic outlets, are run by men. Mm-hmm. They are dominated by male-dominated stories. They're always talking about men in the music industry. They don't really talk about women in the music industry. Right. So when they do talk about women in the music industry, 
you're in the metal music industry and they talk about something like this mm-hmm. where you're accusing a fucking metal legend like Tony Iommi of abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll write about it, but they're always going to have that underlying skepticism running through every single sentence. And all the comments are going to be like, she's a fucking liar. Exactly. She's crazy. Exactly. But that's also another thing where it's like, if your defense is she's crazy, I will 100% not believe you and I will 100% believe yeah. her because that's what we've been saying about women for centuries. Right. Oh, that's not real. She's just crazy. Yeah. I'm so sick of hearing that. But also, where is your proof for this uh, woman being receipts. crazy? Show me the receipts. And that's the other thing. So Jim is real quiet. Homeboy, like, he does his MMA fight. Oh, shit. His kids are doing MMA fighting Imagine now. That. And, like, they never really talk about things. I tried to look them up. It's almost impossible to find anything because Homeboy flies under the radar, which leads me to be more like, there's something wrong with this dude if he won't be out in public. If he's on, he's like, got something to hide. If he's on a secluded island in Turks and they Caicos. have apparently since moved back stateside. I think the last time she discovered they were like in Tennessee in 2015 or something. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you know, this all makes fucking sense. Yeah. Then I believe her. I believe everything she's saying because, I mean, just to hear her or to read her story. The level of detail, the like you can tell how heartbroken she is. And I don't think Lita Ford is crazy, quote unquote. I don't think she's crazy. I think she's actually just outspoken and not doesn't really give a shit what yeah. other people think of her. And which, God forbid which a woman is also why I think people are like, She's crazy. It's like, no, she's just opinionated and she doesn't give a shit what you think about it. Exactly. That doesn't equal crazy. That just means she is her own person. And the one person and it infuriates me that people equ- mostly dudes with some sort of authority are like, That's crazy. That equals crazy. That doesn't equal crazy. You know what my real seal of approval is? So when they were living in Turks and Caicos, the one person she did manage to like strike up a friendship with, mm-hmm. even though it was like a long distance friendship, D. Snyder. Fucking D. Snyder. D. Snyder. The one dude in this world that she should be friends with. And she's friends with Thank- D. Snyder. He wrote the he wrote the introduction to her book. Praise fucking Jess. That Praise D. D. Snyder. Snyder exists. So you know what? If she's if if D Snyder is gonna stand behind Lita Ford, I'm he, I, I believe Lita. Yeah, I 100 percent believe Lita. D Snyder's gonna smell your bullshit a mile away. Yeah, and he's gonna call you out on it. Yeah, if he smelt any kind of bullshit on her, he'd be like, "That bitch is crazy, like legitimately crazy." Yeah. I have these receipts. Yeah, he would have receipts he for would. that. You know what? He doesn't. He doesn't. His receipts are she has my stamp of approval. Yeah. Well, actually, and now I feel really bad that I said the reason I, you know, I'm putting it in there is because of a man. No. You want to know what it is? I believe victims. Lita is a victim. She's been through some shit. And there is not any credible reason for me to believe anything that, like, anyone's saying against her. And understanding her personality, how she grew up, and her relationship with Kim Foley, Mm. It completely makes sense that she would continuously put herself in garbage relationships and be in them for a way fucking longer than she should be, even though she is experiencing abuse. And I think I will go into this, too, because I think both of us have read this about like her and Joan Jett and Sherry. Sherry? Sherry Curry. Curry. Cherry Curry. I think it's Sherry. Is it? Yeah, I think so. 
The point is, I don't I remember what I said in my own fucking episode. So whatever. But I think all of them have kind of said, you know, things that we've been like, mm, that's not great about women and being victims. Yep. But I think that's also because they think that women have to go through shit. Like, I think that they because all they went believe, through shit. They went through shit. So they think that's how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. I don't think that they've ever. Not that they haven't ever. But like, I think they are slow to realize. No, you shouldn't have to put up with bullshit. Well, they're. Their whole, their whole education this whole time in the music industry mm-hmm. has been, you're a woman, so you have to work 15, 20, 25 times harder than any man has oh, to. And you can't complain. Mm-mm. If you do complain, you're a fucking bitch. You're a diva. And you should be thankful for whatever bones they're going to throw your way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what they grew up dealing with in the industry. So that's what they feel like women should now deal with yeah and any woman that complains or is like i'm calling you out on sexual abuse i'm calling you out on physical abuse or manipulation or whatever or not being fair Mm. if a woman just calls somebody out on not being fair then they're being a whiny bitch and they need to shut up and just deal with it deal with it it yourself move on Mm -hmm. and whatever but no that's not how it should be that's how it was for you and that's unfair too Right. It shouldn't have been like that for you either. So it it's infuriating that yeah. they're that that is their opinion on women in the music industry now. But I get where they're coming from. Yeah, I do think Lita's gotten a lot more progressive in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem as about that. She's really she is trying to tout up like the younger metal and rock girls, mm-hmm. girls women in rock and metal. Um, so I think she's getting better about it. Yeah. I don't know much about the other runaways, but Lita herself does seem to have like learned from her missteps. Yeah. So I'll give her that. Anyway, so we're out of that bullshit. The only thing Lita could do after this was, well, get rid of those fucking tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. First things first, get rid of those fucking tattoos. But then dive back into music. Mm -hmm. She started small. She actually started doing the rock and roll fantasy camp for a few years. And she ended up reconnecting with her old friends and collaborators, Michael Dan and then Gary Howey. What is is it? Oh my God, rock and roll fantasy camp. Yeah, I don't know. Where like a bunch of like rock rockers from like the 70s and 80s, they would all go to this camp. And then like regular Joes, like you and I, would pay thousands of dollars to go to this camp and learn how to play. With the rock stars, and then they'd start bands, and then they at the end of camp would perform. It's camp. It is camp for <laughs> it's adults. Camp. It's it's music boot camp. It's music boot camp with famous rockers. That's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. You know, also, it's cute. If I had thousand dollars, thousands of dollars to blow, I don't think I would do that. I probably wouldn't either. But I am also not in the position to have that much money to blow. Exactly. So. And also, I know that I will not be able to play guitar by the end of this. Yeah. So. It's cute none the same, though. It's nice it that cute. they had that. And she said it was a really fulfilling experience for her to watch people get so excited about playing yeah. music again. I would much rather, like, get drunk with them instead <laughs> of having them teach me how to play guitar. Yeah, is It's there... not going to happen. I can get drunk. I can't play guitar. Is there get drunk camp? Because I could go to that. <laughs> can, can we have a get drunk with your favorite musicians camp? Because I am all about it. I would blow a couple hundred if thousands I, on If that. I had a few thousand to blow, I'd do that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so she gets back with her collaborators and they encouraged her to get her ass back in the studio. Still deeply in pain from the loss of her boys, she wrote the song Mother and it was almost like things came full circle 
from when she wrote a song about her mom to yeah. now about being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. In June 2012, Lita released the album Living Like a Runaway, heavily inspired by the events of the past decade and a half. It was a return to form for her, a return to herself, and critics took notice and commercially succeeded, peaking at number 13. Really? Yeah. Shit. I know. I was not paying attention to music at that point. Nope. <laughs> not at all. And in 2016, she released her memoirs, the book that I have mm-hmm. cited, and as well as a compilation of unreleased songs called Time Capsule. And people still clamor for a Runaways reunion. And while Lita thinks that's a good idea, she's actually one of the main reasons it probably won't happen. The other one is Joan. The two don't hate each other, but they don't get along, as mm-hmm. Lita hates Joan's manager, Kenny Laguna. Yep. Yeah, that's her, like, main dude. Yeah. I can they see that. They have a weird relationship. She a, brings him to everything. They have a very strange and, like, weirdly close relationship. Mm-hmm. And it makes Lita upset because sometimes she just wants to hang out with the runaways, but then Kenny's there and she's like, what the fuck? It's like that, you know, your friend who brings the new boyfriend around all the time. You're like, I just want to hang out with yeah. you. Or like, he's like the guy that like everybody fucking loves. And you're like, no, he's garbage. Why don't any of you see this? Is it just me? <laughs> yeah. But also like it, it does have like a whiff of Kim Foley. Mm has whiffs of this guy. Kim whiffs. Kim whiffs. <laughs> <laughs> Kim fo whiffs. He does fucking whiff. But ultimately, she doesn't need to do a reunion. She still performs and works her ass off on her craft. She's less drinking and less drugs, more with working out and spending time with her doggos. Mm. I think she still drinks Jack Daniels, though. Come on, Lita. <sighs> can't beat a classic. <laughs> As well as trying to raise awareness to the issue of parental alienation. Mm -hmm. She actually, that's a big thing for her. So she does frequently do like talks and things that will raise awareness. Mm. Understandably. Yeah. While doing this research and writing these notes, I noticed women bust their asses, deal with all sorts of abuse, and constantly have to prove themselves. And it's not just Lita. It's pretty much any woman I brought up in this story. Every single one of them, and we've already touched upon it, has had to deal with the same exact scenarios. Yep. You'd think at this point in time, we'd reach a place where women in rock are taken seriously. (laughs) No. 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 There is still a real hole in the industry, especially when it comes to metal. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of amazing female artists, but rarely do we hear about them. Like, I know Hailstorm is very influenced by Lita, but funny enough, when you research, when you search for Lita in Spotify and then you go to the artists like her, Hailstorm doesn't show up. You only see other male-dominated hair bands from yep. the 80s. Despite all the decades of attempting to break the glass ceiling, I'd say we might have cracks in there at best. Maybe. Maybe. Lita's story is important because she has tirelessly been showing the world that women can shred that they don't need to follow some man, that they can be outrageous and they should be celebrated for this. Mm -hmm. Not called crazy. Yeah. It should be told more so that we can encourage women to grab a guitar and play as hard and as loud as they want. And it should be told to let everyone know that there's still work to be done, that women deserve more credit for their contributions to the world of music, especially in male-dominated genres. Mm -hmm. And Lita for whatever you feel about her is one of the first women to really break that Mm -hmm. to break into it to 
be respected by men fans and by women fans and inspire people. Mm-hmm. It's a tale that we don't get to hear enough of. Yeah. So, I, you know what? Regardless of how you feel about Lita, you got to give her her due. Yeah. And she's really talented. I spent a lot of time listening to her music. And I'm like, shit, I can vibe. Like, on her 80s and, like, early 90s stuff. Oh, hell yeah. It's real good. Yeah. Like, she is super fucking talented. And I can guarantee you that even, like, casual noobs to her music will listen to a random 80s album and be like... Oh, yeah, she's, like, an okay singer and everything, but, like, whoever's shredding that guitar is pretty good. (laughs) Good she got somebody that can really, you know, fuck up a fucking Gibson or whatever. But, like, nobody's really thinking that she's actually doing this all herself. Yeah, I didn't realize even how much more, really, she's a guitarist than a singer. Again, not to say she's not a singer, but guitar is her first love, to be honest. That's her ace in the hole it's her niche mm-hmm. yeah so good for her she's still traveling i hope that you know she can finally reunite with her kids that would be lovely uh so fingers crossed i will keep an eye out for that mm. hopefully it happens it's so funny because i do remember when her her memoir came out and everyone was like she crazy. She's accusing Tony Iommi of abuse. Yeah, well, he fucking abused her, so. Yeah, I don't think Tony... So it's Tony Iommi? Iommi. Oh, I apologize. We lost anybody who likes Black Sabbath because I kept <laughs> calling him Tony Iommi. I think it's Iommi. Well, either way, I'm pretty Tony. sure it is. Hey, hey Tony. Tony. Tony Stromboli. <laughs> T- Tony, again, Tony Stromboli, part two, The Reckoning. There you go. There you go. The meatballing. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna... <laughs> I'm not going to assume he was a great guy, or he is a great guy. Yeah. He's probably fine at best, not great in a relationship. Honestly, none of them really were. Nobody so, really was. I'm not really, you know. You know what? Final PSA of the night. They probably weren't really that great as a person. Final PSA. Everybody fucking sucks, but yeah. like, stop putting women down. Can we just stop? Yeah. Can we have a couple more women that we're really down with? That'd be cool. Yeah. Ones without, like, problematic viewpoints about some things. (laughs) Jump chat. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you all so much for listening. (laughs) That was our story on Lita Ford, the one and only. I'm glad we got to shove a chick in there. Yes. At some point. That was my big thing with Metal Month. I'm like, nope, we need to talk about more women. And I need to listen to more women in metal. So if anyone has suggestions, please throw them our way. Lacuna Coil. Yes, I know Lacuna Coil. There's Nightwish. There's Hailstorm. There's... Basically listen to anything that's Floor Jansen. Um, she's absolutely fucking amazing. Okay. She is the current lead singer of Nightwish. Sure. She, was, she had like a few of her own bands and she did... I played you her solo shit from Revamp with Devin Townsend. Oh. Right? Remember? Yeah. Okay. I got it. I'm there now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. No, there are them. Devin Townsend? Okay. Now I know what she's talking about. Weird. Uh, But thank you all so much for listening. This was kind of my bow in the metal mania, even Mm. though it's June. Metal Juneania. We can keep it going. This is highly successful for us, so we can keep this going as long as we need to. Leave it to Ashley. She'll find another obscure metal I band. I will 100% absolutely do that. Yes. That's great. And meanwhile, I think I'll just go look into some ska. 
<laughs> we can do we can just do alternating weeks of ska and metal ska and metal ska and everyone's and metal. gonna be like who the fuck what is this who is this podcast for and we're like it's for us literally for us just us yeah <laughs> maybe we'll throw some annie lennox in there then oh fine. we should definitely throw annie lennox mm-hmm. in there mm. mm-hmm. always mm. Well, if you're curious to see how that pans out, you can go to our website, rockcandypodcast.com, and keep a lookout for any new episodes. We post them there weekly. And you can also find our social media presences on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, yeah. And also, like, if you feel, like, generous and you've really been liking Metal Mania, could you do us a really big favor and leave, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts? That'd be really great. We... like. We, it's been a minute since we had some love, and, and we would like some love, and we will shout you out for yeah. doing so. We we always need a bump in the Apple ratings. Always. Always. Every time. And also, if you continue to feel generous, you can also give to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. You can give us some money on a monthly basis, and we will give you some stuff in return. Maybe some swag, maybe some ringtones, which... I don't even know if people use anymore. And also a monthly bonus episode. Two this month. Two, two last month. Two this month. Two last maybe month. two in July. You don't know. We're really trying to up our Patreon content. So trying to do some more fun. Using that as an outlet for more yeah. fun, dumb ideas. And also, if you guys didn't get the memo last week, we are going to be going on our summer schedule. Yes. So we are going to be cutting down to one episode every two weeks. Yes. So we are not going to be releasing next week, unfortunately. Right. But so we will be back in two weeks. In two weeks with a really awesome episode for you all. Yes. So, yeah, that's why we're up in the Patreon stuff. Yeah. So really incentivizing everybody to yeah. get over on that Patreon if you and get want. some more bonus stuff. But if you don't want it, that's fine. And that's we're fine. still, hey, we're still releasing content. So mm-hmm. we're you still always here. Come find us. We'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. So tune in for in a little bit for another episode on something crazy. We'll tell you about it in a couple weeks. Yeah. But until then, uh, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. I went to a party last Saturday night. I told you that story, it'll be all right. Uh Uh-huh. It ain't no big thing. thing.